Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining Michigan Minds today. Very excited to speak with you, especially as we're coming to an end of Earth Month where we've been celebrating sustainability efforts and you know, talking about the variety of initiatives going on at U of M. Can you please introduce yourself and share a bit about your role at the University of Michigan? Sure, and uh, first let me just thank you for inviting me to speak on this podcast. Uh, Sustainability is incredibly important at the University of Michigan. We have a great platform, opportunity, and responsibility to take action. Uh, I am Jennifer Haverkamp, and I am the Graham Family Director of the Graham Sustainability Institute here at the university. I am also a professor from practice at Michigan Law School and a professor of practice at the Ford School of Public Policy. Uh, I came here uh, about two and a half years ago from a career spent mostly in the US federal government in a range of environmental policy and legal positions and also some time with environmental NGOs and uh, some teaching along the way. That's so many different roles. So can you share a little bit about in what areas does your work focus? Uh, I bring to the position uh, expertise primarily in international climate change law and policy, and also from 10 years of work with the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative, I also specialize in areas where international trade policy and sustainability uh, overlap, come in conflict, uh, work together. That, in fact, is one of the courses that I teach at the law school. You also talked about the Graham Sustainability Institute. Can you tell us a little bit about that? With pleasure. The Graham Institute is a really special institution here at the university. And I don't think a lot of uh, universities have institutes that quite fit our niche. We are what's considered a boundary organization. We are located in the office of the provost, very intentionally placed there so that we are clearly working with all the different schools and colleges. And that's in part because interdisciplinarity is a very common theme across the kinds of work that we do. By a boundary organization, I mean that we're bringing together not only different faculty from different schools and colleges, but also um, bringing together the research expertise and the students of the university with external stakeholders. Uh, We are bridging those gaps so that the faculty's research can have more impact by finding the stakeholders on the outside who most need that to solve the real world problems facing them and also so they can provide information back to faculty on what questions they most need to have answered. Maybe another way to describe this is just to tell you what our mission is in the strategic plan that we came out with last fall. Our mission is to mobilize the expertise and passion of scholars, partners, and decision makers to work together and bring world-class research to real-world sustainability challenges. So many think of sustainability as mostly a technical field that involves new technologies, emissions, reduction targets, and other facets that are the purview of engineering and natural sciences. But you come at it 
with a policy background and as a professor from practice at Michigan Law. So can you talk about how the legal and policy aspects of sustainability complement those more technical aspects? Sure, I can give a few examples. Um, in just so many areas, it seems that we have the technological know-how to solve a problem or to understand a problem, but we haven't managed to bring the levers of change forward to actually solve the problem. And uh, those can include the legislation and regulations that are needed, the policy incentives, the getting the information out to people to incentivize them to change their behaviors. A textbook example of this is climate change, where we know a lot of the uh, technologies needed for clean energy, for energy conservation, um, for preserving the carbon that's already in standing forests and lands, but, but we are incredibly polarized politically around this issue. We don't have the uh, federal government at least coming together and many states coming together around the policies that are needed. Um, we have all this skepticism around the science. Uh, so, so you really need to bring in the social sciences, the humanities, the storytelling um, to understand what it is about our human behavior that uh, is getting in the way of progress. I think other areas where you really need the non-technological um, expertise is global diplomacy. So many sustainability problems are not unique to one country, but they can only be solved by countries coming together. And for that, you need diplomacy, you need uh, foreign aid, you need, the, you need the, uh, the governments coming together to work with each other. And that is not a technological uh, skill. Um, Maybe just one more example is, again, uh, in the area of forest protection. Uh, the rainforests aren't protected just because we have studied and know their immense biodiversity or how much carbon they store and how important it is to keep it there. What we need are more of the uh, social sciences to understand how it is that we can ensure that the livelihoods of people who live in those forests are preserved or that the people who would otherwise exploit the forests can find another sustainable way to make a living. Um, you need to have the tools in place to combat illegal wildlife um, trade and illegal logging. And that's a whole suite of, of tools and policies and experts. So you're also the co-chair of the University of Michigan President's Commission on Carbon Neutrality. Can you tell us a little bit about the commission and its work? With great pleasure. President Schlissel uh, committed the university to a pathway to carbon neutrality and set up a commission to develop a set of recommendations for how to get there. And along with uh, engineering professor Stephen Forrest, I co-chaired that commission. And we came out in mid-March with our report after two years of work the recommendations uh, take a very comprehensive look at what the university would need to do to reduce our carbon footprint uh, down to net zero um, and sets a timetable by when we think it could be done. And I think some 
just some things to highlight about that is we took on a very big responsibility because we were tasked with looking not only at the Ann Arbor campus, but also the Dearborn and the Flint campuses. It's a, a challenging task for a university like us because we include in our carbon footprint, Michigan Medicine, and most of the peer institutions that are trying to set carbon neutrality goals don't have a complete medical system within their area of responsibility. Um, also, uh, Michigan winters are quite a bit more challenging than what you might find in Southern California, uh, and we're large, so, and a lot of very old buildings. So our report really took, by the way the University of Michigan does these things, a very deep and analytical look. We put together expert teams led by faculty and staffed by students. We hired external contractors and came up with not only the recommendations for how do we transition away from all the fossil fuels that we use for the power plant and the boilers across our system. How do we uh, move toward purchasing only renewable electricity, but also what is the organizational structure that the university needs? What are the behavioral changes we need to really embrace this goal and get there? And I think that's what's especially noteworthy about the report because getting to carbon neutrality will take the involvement of everyone. It's not just the Office of Campus Operations. Um, it will take decades. So it has to be a commitment long-term. It will make a difference if we take what we learn and share it with the rest of the world, what the president's charge called solutions that are scalable and transferable so that the impact we have goes way beyond our own campuses. And then I think the last thing I would just mention is we also have a lot of recommendations around research and education. And that is both because our two greatest assets, I think, are our research capacity to come up with solutions for the rest of the world to use and our students. And ideally, each student who graduates from this institution goes forth understanding climate change, the importance of addressing climate change, has tools for how to make a difference in their own individual lives and takes that forward wherever they go next. The Commission on Carbon Neutrality recently submitted its recommendations in, in mid-March, as you mentioned, and you know you outlined some of those. Are there any details that you can further outline and um, share what the next steps are for the university? Sure. As I mentioned, these are a set of recommendations. So it's important to keep in mind that what we produced is not the implementation plan, but a suite of recommendations for the president and the regents to consider. So the next steps are really in the hands of the president and the regents. And my understanding is that uh, the president is likely to come forward with at least some initial responses uh, in May sometime. Um, the, the things that I think uh, will be important um, are you know, what the institutional structures are that they set up. There are probably some early actions that they could take fairly quickly, such as our purchasing, figuring out where to purchase renewable electricity from, um, maybe some pilot projects to implement some of our recommendations. And I think that the other thing that will be really important as they go forward and develop these plans is 
active consultation with the affected stakeholders. And that's not, it's very much important for the different communities within the university, but also the communities who are affected outside the university, working with the city of Ann Arbor, the cities of Flint and Dearborn. Um, environmental justice is a very important uh, principle and objective of uh, that all the solutions be developed with through that lens. Why is it important for public institutions like U of M to make these efforts? First and foremost, it's that climate change is really the preeminent public challenge of our time. And public institutions such as the University of Michigan need to do our part. Um, we have great resources to bring to bear on the problem. Um, we as a legacy institution have, like the rest of the United States, have an outsized responsibility to contribute to solutions uh, since so many of those affected by climate change are the most vulnerable communities and countries elsewhere. And I think it's also, as I was saying, because of our research expertise, developing solutions that can be taken up elsewhere is the way that we will make a real difference. It's important for us as an institution to take our carbon footprint to zero, but to solve global climate change, we need to be helping institutions across the world to do the same thing. So we just celebrated Earth Day. And as I mentioned, we've been talking about sustainability all throughout the month of April. But of course, it's important to continue talking about sustainability beyond the month of April. So what can we do going forward to elevate and encourage a productive dialogue around sustainability, environmental efforts, and policy? You make a great point that we can't just talk about sustainability once a year around Earth Day. We need to make it an ongoing conversation. We need to be having these critical conversations about the environment uh, throughout the year and in lots of different fora, especially again, as the effects of climate change uh, increasingly uh, are being felt. I think that one thing we can do going forward is to help everyone understand that they themselves have a role to play. You know, it's not just the institutional responsibility of the university, though we have many things that we can and need to do. But, but I think throughout our educational mission, it's really establishing a culture of sustainability on campus where we all feel inspired, we all feel empowered, we all learn ways to take individual actions to contribute to solving these problems. The productive dialogue around sustainability and environment needs to be one of uh, positive incentives, not just guilting people out of eating meat or things like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, People, people take action when they understand the positive impact of what they're doing and how it contributes to the solutions going forward. You've shared so much information throughout this conversation. What is one takeaway that you want all listeners to have? Climate change is an existential crisis for the planet. It is an all hands on deck problem and the good news is that those of us at the University of Michigan, uh, throughout our faculty, our staff, our students, our incredible alumni, um, have the tools to make a big difference. And we can do that and we need to do that. Is there anything else that you would like to add or share? 
Uh, I would just say how fortunate I feel to be working at this university with committed, smart colleagues on these problems. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share this immensely important information. We sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.